The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What up, everybody? We are back. It's that time of the year again. Welcome to the award-winning Action Network podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon. I'm here with my guy, Stucky, and we are back to preview the NFL for the upcoming 2020 season. In this episode, we are going to talk all about the AFC, which teams you should be betting on, which teams you should be betting against. We're going to have our famous Sunday six-pack segment, but instead of drafting spreads and totals, we're going to go with win totals. So um, it should be a really good episode. We'll also get to some uh, really good mailbag questions that you guys submitted on Twitter. So if you have questions for future episodes, be sure to hit us up. You can find me at Chris Raybon and Stucky at Stucky2. And before we get into it, just a reminder to download the award-winning Action Network app for real-time odds, box scores, and the capability to track every bet that you make. It is a game changer, so be sure to check it out. And also want to let you guys know that in the next couple of weeks, we will be announcing some exciting contests and promos for you, uh, and you'll get a chance to win some sportsbook prizes, some Action Network merch. It'll be a really great opportunity, so uh, stay tuned for that. We will have the NFC version of this episode out next week, and every week, all summer long, this podcast feed We'll have you covered with awesome episodes. Peter Jennings and Jason Sobel cover Stucky's newfound betting love with the PGA Tour uh, every Tuesday. And Matthew Friedman, Sean Corner, and I will, of course, do our NFL Fantasy Flex episodes every week leading up to fantasy drafts. Already have a couple episodes out where uh, we break down some player props. So be sure to check those out if you're interested specifically in player props and fantasy uh, and all that good stuff. And of course, Stuck and Colin Wilson doing college football, uh, Matt Moore doing NBA. Uh, it'll be great, but Stuck, uh, let's get right into it. First of all, I want to start off by asking you something that uh, I know a lot of listeners out there are going to wonder, what are the odds we actually get a full 16-game season, and how are the bets going to be affected in the different scenarios? Well, it's good to be back, first of all. I'm excited to be talking some NFL. I- I'll repeat a couple things I mentioned on our college football state of the sport episode that came out today while we're recording this. Number one, you know, we had Brett McMurphy on. He said there's about a 70% chance there's no college football. And I, you know, I'm much more pessimistic. There's number one, there's a lot more teams. These are college kids might not have classes. And so college football is a different animal altogether. You know, you also have all the liability. So with the NFL, it's, you know, it's only, you know, a quarter approximate a quarter of the teams and these are professional athletes right this is their job and this the nfl is a machine and i won't make a joke here about the nfl not caring about player safety but it's just a lot easier to manage if you're the nfl so i'm very confident that the nfl starts on time i'm very confident that they get all the games and there's obviously going to be some disruption with you know players being out 
it's not going to be a normal year, but I am very confident. I, I don't know. I would say 80, 90% of the NFL year starts on time and is played to completion. And in regards to, so that means, you know, with college football, I'm not even looking at win totals. And obviously the schedules are all changing. Even when they crack out with them, I don't even know if I'll get involved just because of all the uncertainty. And you're tying up your money for, you know, four or five months. But with the NFL, since I'm so much more confident in the NFL happening, I'm more willing to invest in win totals and what bets would stand and not, you know, obviously win totals would not if you don't play a full 16. I will always check with your book, but if there's a modified schedule, your win totals aren't going to stand. They would be refunded. Uh, but your Super Bowl futures, your conference futures, you know, assuming that the Super Bowl and conference still happens, all those would still be action, um, you know, to win the division, et cetera. I'm willing to invest money because of that confidence level in some win totals, you know, even though I'm locking up my money, because the other, the other side of the coin is if NFL doesn't happen, that means college football's not happening. College basketball's not happening and shit is bad. And that means like, I, what am I betting on that? Right. So I'm not as, as concerned with tying up some money in a couple NFL win totals, because if NFL doesn't happen, we're in trouble in the fall. Yeah. The way I'm looking at it is this is the new normal. That's what I kind of think about this pandemic at this point. It's unfortunate to say that, but there's a lot of variance, but the bottom line is this is the new normal and businesses throughout the world really have been forced to adjust on the fly and figure out how to um, keep operating in these circumstances. And I think, you know, as you mentioned, NFL is a machine. It's, there's a lot at stake. And so ultimately I do think that we will see uh, football be played in the fall. Uh, I'm less confident that they're like, I wouldn't say I'm 80, 90% confident that the season starts on time just because we have seen some preseason cancellations. We don't know exactly when players will report to camp and whatnot, but at the same time, we're seeing, you know, they got the new face masks for, you know, to kind of help with the, uh, the trans limit, the transmission and whatnot. So I think it's going to happen. I'm hoping it happens. And if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you too are hoping to happen. So let's get right into our six pack. We're going to draft our top six favorite win total bets for the AFC this upcoming season. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six pack. All right, here we go, Stuck. It's a new year, uh, another year for you to uh, come back and get your revenge. I think I edged you out in our six pack little friendly competition a year ago. So uh, you're going to have the first pick here out of all the AFC win totals. Who you got first? Yeah, I was at 60% all year and I could never pull away. You were just, you're a little pest. You were like one game <laughs> behind me the entire time. And then you overtook me uh, in impressive fashion in the playoffs. And I think starting in like week 16, week 17, it was a solid performance by both of us, but especially by you pulling out the win. I still owe you a dinner in New York. When, whenever that next time is going to be, I don't know when I'm going to be able to travel up to New York City. But AFC, just my, based on my numbers, it's a pretty simple, I shouldn't say simple, but just when you're, when you're laying out what it looks like, there's two elite teams, the Chiefs and the Ravens, two elite teams in the NFL. I think they're head and shoulders. I wouldn't say head and shoulders. Maybe a point or two above the, you know, the Saints, the 49ers, maybe a field goal or so above the Cowboys. I actually have them and I think the Ravens have the best roster in the NFL, um, top to bottom, but the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. I actually have them, my power ratings, like neck and neck. So home field, which we'll get into, the Ravens host the Chiefs week three. I have them as, you know, one and a half to two point favorite. And then you have, you know, your bottom feeders, which are the Bengals and the Jaguars. The next step down from that is probably the Jets, uh, in, per my numbers. And then you have 
like nine or ten teams that are all within – let me see. They're all within a field goal on a neutral field. That's what makes the AFC exciting. And we're going to have an expanded playoff this year. So you're getting a seventh team in there. You're going to have, you know, an eight and eight team, maybe a seven and nine team make the playoffs. But figuring out, you know, that separation in the middle, who's going to surprise, who's going to underperform, I think is the most uh, interesting part of the AFC. But for my first win total, I'm going to start with, it's one I don't like, you know, in that I, I wasn't expecting to bet this. And it's the Bengals under. You can find five and a half plus money, but I prefer under six minus 120 you can find out there. And I make their win total 4.7. So I see value at, there's like three or four win totals that I have over a half of a win different in the AFC. This is one of them. I see value at five and a half under. I prefer the six for the push at six wins. This is a team that went two and 14 last year, right? Although some of the advanced measures look at, they maybe should have won six games, right? They were a little unlucky. They were in a lot of close games. And one of the a profitable NFL strategy for win totals historically is if you look at, you know, the Pythagorean win theorem and you see, okay, who under, who overperformed by, you know, two wins or more, who underperformed by two wins or more and play the under or the over the next year. So the, the Bengals would fit in that, but this is like an unprecedented year as we've talked about. I, I just think that teams that have, steady rosters, ste- you know, constants at quarterback are going to do a lot better this year than in the past. You don't, you're a preseason cut down. We might not have any preseason. You have, you know, shortened, interrupted preparation during the summer. All that is going to impact the Bengals. You have Joe Burrow coming in to quarterback, running a completely, this is a Sean McVay West Coast offense. I know that they've made some signings. I, I like the DJ Reader signing. I think their D line is pretty good, although Atkins is getting up there in age. I still have questions about their corners. William Jackson is, is starting to fall off a cliff. I, they signed the Vikings corners, ex-Vikings corners, who I wasn't a fan of. I still hate their linebackers. I hate their offensive line. I know they get Jonah Williams back. But this is just a team that's just going through so much change. And they're in a division where you have they're playing one of the best teams in the NFL and the Ravens twice. They're playing which should be a much improved Steelers team twice, right? I mean, last year you're playing the Steelers. You're playing some of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. You assume that Ben Roethlisberger is healthy. The Steelers should be a lot better. And I think the Browns are going to be a lot better based just on the coaching changes alone. Um, So the division is tough. You could see three teams from the AFC North get in. So this is purely a math play. Also, it it aligns with me wanting to kind of fade these teams that have drastic changes in this offseason in particular. So I'm going Bengals under six. Minus 110, I make it, as I said before, 4.7. Yeah, I'm with you. In general, I think with win total, something to keep in mind when you're kind of looking at these things is the unders are going to be the more profitable side more often than not. A lot of times when you add up all of the totals at at a particular book, they'll add up to more than they should. And that means that there's value on the unders. And you said it, the Bengals are just in a ridiculously tough division. I do like Joe Burrow. I think he will have a good fantasy season at least because they're going to be behind a lot. They're going to be throwing a lot. And he can. And I like the receivers. Yeah. Right. So I think he will be a positive – he will have a positive impact, but I don't know how many games they could win. So I like that pick. For my first pick, I'm going with what has been the surest bet. The surest bet since he took over. Since Andy Reid took over in 2013 – the Chiefs have not gone under their win total, not even once. And so the one over I always look at where I go against my rule of betting unders, 
is with the Kansas City Chiefs. In the two years since Patrick Mahomes became the starter, they have been 12-4 and four both years, and that's even with Mahomes a little banged up last year. Well, their win total is 11.5, so I'm still taking the over. I think they have just such a tremendous edge over every other team because of Mahomes and Andy Reid. This is the new Brady-Belichick. That duo is broken up now. Brady's in Tampa Bay. And so the predominant coach quarterback edge in the NFL, where you just have more talent and more savvy uh, at those two spots, is with the Kansas City Chiefs. And so this is a team that in the postseason against the best that the AFC had to offer, they get down each game and make a huge comeback, like something like I think it was 20 points in all three games they, they came back from. This team could win under any circumstances. It's money in the bank. It hasn't lost yet. Bet the Kansas City Chiefs over and don't look back. The one thing I like about the Chiefs this year is they won the Super Bowl this year, and their strength of schedule is not terrible. You know, you, obviously you're going to play division winners, but per my numbers, it's not a terrible. And one of the things that I love about them and I have in, in my model is potential new starters. I think that's an important metric to look at this year in particular. I mean, this team is basically all back, right? And they added maybe a starting running back, but you're you're bringing basically everyone back. Who'd they lose? Kendall Fuller, Agbo. I mean, like the, this whole team is still intact from the Super Bowl win. You obviously have Mahomes. The only thing that I will say about them, and they've won 12 games the last two years. Um, I think it's a safe bet that they'll probably do so again. They'll probably be favored in every game this year outside of at Baltimore. I have them projected for... You know, pretty much 12 on the dot. And then last year, if you look at what they did, they did it with Mahomes being hurt. He's out a couple games. Their O-line had some injuries. So, and they still got the 12 wins. They do take a big hit with home field advantage if there's no fans, uh, more so than any other than other teams, um, or I should say a lot of other teams. But I will say the one thing that is a little concerning to me, and I have them neck and neck with the Ravens in my power ratings. I might, I will drop them a, a tiny bit if Chris Jones doesn't, doesn't get signed he's so important to that defense especially interior pass rush their d line is still yeah uh especially against the run you know and their linebackers still leave something to be desired so you know chris jones if he comes back i mean this team again it's it's fully healthy and i mean he's been a top five defensive tackle since coming to league in 2016 so not having him would definitely hurt the defense there still would be the cream of the crop and uh i i, I can't argue with you all right, let's keep going. Where are you going with your second pick? This is going to be correlated with the last pick, and this is my one of the few overs I like. Like you with, with you with the Chiefs, I'm going with the Ravens over 11 and a half. I project 12.2. Yeah, they'll be favored in every game this year, assuming no injuries. Look, you can't just take that and say, all right, then I'm going to bet they're over, right? Because, you know, some people say this team's favored in nine games, so I'm going to take their over seven. It doesn't really work like that. If, if six of the games are favored by one or two points, you have to, that's why you have to look at the win probability, you know, and then add up all those to get your win total. But I have them at 12.2, so I'm about .7 over. Um, they get the Chiefs at home, which is huge in week three. But here's the most important thing. Obviously, the most talented roster at all. They improved their defense significantly. Two of the best cover corners. It allows them to blitz. Now their linebackers are going to be a lot faster, a lot better. Great coaching staff like the Chiefs. Again, I like that in a year like this. Uh, the preparation, the depth of the team, all of these things I love. I love the additions of Queen and Harrison. And here's the thing that I think really sticks out this year. Travel could be difficult, right? There's travel restrictions. you got to worry about testing and just, it's just increased risk and just more headaches. The Ravens' schedule is unbelievable when it comes to travel. I mean, look at the, this is who they play 
Their road games are at Washington, at Philadelphia, at, you know, at Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. The furthest they go is to Houston. Otherwise, they're just hanging out in, on 95, just driving everywhere. I mean, there's absolutely no trouble. It's the fewest amount of miles traveled in the NFL in four or five seasons when that, since the Steelers went to the AFC Championship game. So I know that the division has improved a little bit, but with my number, with this travel, with the coaching staff and, and the improvements on defense, I, I have to go over 11 and a half. I think they at least get the 12 wins. Yeah, Baltimore is way too talented not to be a 12-win team, I would think. Um, I, I, I do like the Chiefs better, but, you know, if there's another over I'm going to bet, it's probably the Ravens um, in the AFC anyway, just because the talent is so far ahead. And, you know, even if, let's say, Lamar Jackson had to miss a game or two, at least you have a, a, a quarterback that can kind of simulate that, you know, a very poor man's Lamar and Robert Griffin. Um, so this team seems to not miss a beat. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the Ravens are going to be, again, one of the best teams in the league. And don't be surprised if Lamar Jackson takes another step forward throwing the football, Greg Roman, uh, he's done it wherever he's gone. Tyrod Taylor, Colin Kaepernick, all these guys have shown massive growth as passers. And so uh, we saw Lamar go from a guy who they were scared to let throw to a guy who led the league in touchdown passes last year. So just like with Mahomes in KC, we might not have seen the best of Lamar Jackson yet. And that's scary for the rest of the league. Yeah, and the other thing I'll say with the defense, and I mentioned this last year, when Jimmy Smith came back from injury, you had you know Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, who are elite cover corners on the outside. But Jimmy Smith can't play in the slot, right? He's just too tall, lanky, he's older. So they were having to play Humphrey in the slot, and it just wasn't ideal. Well, now you have two of the you know top five, top ten cover corners in the NFL in Humphrey and Peters. You play them on the outside, you know you're getting back now is Tavon Young, who was the highest-paid slot corner last year. A great just Swiss Army piece in Martindale's defense, but he can play on the slot. It allows Humphrey and Peters to play on the outside, locked down. They're going to come with just a ton of pressure, as they always do. So I love that for their defense. And again, I can't mention the Ravens with they're going to have elite special teams again. So, yeah, Ravens over. I'll take any motherfucker's money if he's giving it away. Where are you going next? I am going with a team that – I'll be betting against during the season. You know it. I know it. Everyone who's listened knows it. The Denver Broncos. I'm going under their Shocker. win total. Yeah, shocking. I know. It's seven and a half at most books. And to me, that's an easy under. First of all, again, just in general, when you're betting win totals, when you're looking at the expectations of these teams, remember, if you consume NFL content at this time of year, before we get to September, it's puff piece season. It's when everyone's talking up pretty much every team. And there's going to be a lot of these teams that fall short of expectations. The Denver Broncos have higher expectations after drafting some competent uh, receiving weapons. But if you look at their team, Drew Lockett quarterback, highly unproven, a guy who averaged just six and a half yards per attempt last year, played five games. They, you know, they, they were pretty successful, but they averaged only about 20, 21 points a game. Uh, it wasn't really anything to do with with the offense. And this is one of those teams that does lack that continuity that you talked about stuck. They're bringing in a new offensive coordinator in Shermer coming over from the giants. They're bringing in a quarterback who's only started five games. He's working with a new running back, a couple of rookie receivers, a second year tight end. And then on defense, your longtime stud corner, Chris Harris is gone. You bring in AJ Bouye, who really struggled last season and may just not be as good as he used to be. And so this team, they have some, some talent at certain spots. You know, obviously, 
Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, those guys. But overall, I think this team is going to take some time to fully reach its peak. And I don't think it's going to be this season. So seven and a half wins in a division with the Chiefs, in a division where the Raiders have improved, in a division where the Chargers vastly underperformed last year, still have a really good defense. And between Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert, may have a better quarterback situation than the Broncos. So uh, you have uh, just a lot of competition within that division. I don't think the Broncos are going to go eight and eight this year. To me, that's an easy, easy under. The Broncos are interesting for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, it's just the, there's a lot of upside and downside. There's just high bears on this offense, right? You're probably going to be, you're starting, I assume you're starting Judy and Hamler to go along with Sutton. So on the surface, he probably has more help that he did last year. And if, you know, the Shermer, he's like a, it's a, a shotgun offense. It's a lot of quick passes. They stretch you horizontally, then they'll take their shots. Tries to create a lot of one-on-one, which I think Judy could potentially thrive in. And he loves the tight end. So Noah Fant could really thrive in this offense. Is the offensive line better? Maybe. That's a big question mark. Holding. Yeah, holding. <laughs> what is he, number 71? Holding number, whatever number he is. Every other play. Talk about the Broncos a lot. Every other play. I mean, it's, a lot of it's going to depend. There's a lot. You're relying on a lot of rookie pieces. I mean, you're probably going to have, what, Cushionberry from LSU come in and start at center. You know, there is a new OC. There is no quarterback depth. If Locke struggles or gets hurt, who's I think it's Jeff Driscoll is their backup, which is something to keep in mind. But the defense, I think, could be really good. I mean, it was it was something that I and it, you know, Fangio's coming back again. You know, it's his it's progression in his defense um, over time, which you expect to get better. You know, he wants to simulate pressure. He doesn't want to give up big plays. And I think he has a defense that, when healthy, can thrive here. He's, he's getting Chubb back. It's – the upside is there. My numbers say, like, 7.9 wins. I think you can find – You're too high. Under eight You're Chiefs. too high. But I would say, if you, if you like the Broncos, I would – and you like the Broncos, I would rather go for, like, a 50-1 to Super Bowl future than an over wins. Because if everything comes together, right, and Drew Locke does take that next step forward and these offensive pieces with – you know, Gordon in the backfield to go with Lindsey, you know, and Fant and the Shermer offense takes off. Um, and then you have Judy and Hamler who end up being productive rookies to go along with Sutton. And all the defensive talent is there, you know, even starting in the inside with, with the addition of Casey. It's a team that has a high ceiling, but a lot has to go right. With an additional team in the AFC playoffs, you know, they're, they're still going to have a home field advantage, even with no fans. They still have the altitude. Maybe you take a shot at 50-1 to 1 if you like the Broncos um, but I can see your point there's a lot that has to go right and in a season where shortened preseason shortened prep new OC you know quarterback you know new basically a new quarter new starting quarterbacks gonna come in and start for the first time for a full season so I like some of what they're doing but a lot has to go right especially in a year like this so I, I can't argue with you too many ifs equals six and ten those are the teams that go six and ten like every we can make a good case a case for every team to go over their win total. And I think that, again, sure. that's what you see the majority of the content. I'm sure, you know, we've even been guilty of this, but when you want to write up something, a lot of times it's what do you, what should you bet? Why this team is underrated, undervalued, but we never, uh, I think, give equal kind of precedence to the, to the downside. We don't give, we, we don't talk about what could go wrong. And I'm just, there's too many ifs with this team. They could go seven to nine and cash your bet. I think that's probably the most likely outcome. Yeah, A.J. Boyab, and I don't know how he's going to work out. The corner depth still does worry me as well. You know, that, that could hold them back um, ultimately. So, yeah, you're right. I can't argue with you. For my last pick, the two teams with the biggest differential between my win total projections and the win total, there's two of them left. I already said the Ravens 
and the Bengals. And obviously they're semi-correlated because they're in the same division. But there was the Jets and the Patriots unders. And I'm a little higher on the bills in the market, but I mean, Josh Allen, I still have questions about, um, but that's part of it. But there's a lot I don't like about the Patriots and the Jets, but the, I mean, there's just, is Cam Newton healthy? Is he going to be able to step in into this new offense, you know, with new pieces? But what I keep coming back to, I project the Patriots, but their win total is nine now. I'm at like eight, two, eight, three, but there, there has to be a bump that you just give Belichick, right? Like he's going to, it's just the Patriots organization. And I, they're, they're basically rebuilding their defense. And it's interesting what the Patriots are doing. They're always ahead of the curve. They were running the ball when they went to the Super Bowl and when everyone was focused on passing. And they basically said, look, corners and secondaries, all that matters on defense. But they're rebuilding basically their entire front seven, or I guess it's front six now. You're going to play with five D-backs at all times pretty much, which is, which is a question. Their, their defensive front and, and their offense, there's still questions there. But I got to give the Patriots just the benefit of the doubt. He's going to find a way to get to nine wins. So choosing between the Jets and the Patriots, who I basically have the same amount of differential in the win totals, I went with the Jets. Look, we can, we, I think we have a shout-out to one of the reasons that I want to do this, and that's uh, for their head coach, Adam Gase. I'm not a fan of Adam Gase. I, I'm just not. And this team is screaming, screaming dysfunction right now. And that is the worst thing that you want going into this year in particular. I mean, what's going to happen with Jamal Adams? And there's just so much drama around the team. And that is not what you want in this, you know, unprecedented NFL preparation summer. Uh, I know that they tried to address the O-line. I'm not wowed by any of the moves that they did. I'm also still not wowed by their receivers. Can and can Noon will stay healthy? I don't know. I, I'm not buying this team. I think there's a lot of dysfunction. And look, they finished six and two last last year to get to seven and nine, a complete and utter fluke. I mean, they beat Ho- Duck Hodges. They beat the Bills backups. Who, I, I mean, they were playing wide receivers at cornerback. They beat the Dolphins on a fluke. They beat the Giants in the skins. I mean, a lot. They just smoke and mirrors close wins to get to seven and nine down the stretch. I'm not buying it. I also have them with second hardest schedule in the AFC, only behind the Raiders. Not only is their schedule difficult just from a numbers perspective, two of their first three games are on the road, and they're playing you know, at the Bills, home against the Niners, at the Colts, then home against the Broncos. I mean, if this team, with all this dysfunction and turmoil, starts 0-3, which is likely, um, I mean, I only have a favor in two games all year. And they have a lot of coin flips, but I only have a favor straight out of two games. But they start 0-3, I mean, it could get ugly, and, and Gaze is gone. So not only this, two of the first three on the road, three of their final four on the road, including back-to-back trips out west. They go to Seattle December 13th and then to L.A. to play the Rams the week after that. I mean, that's brutal. So I, I don't like their schedule, I, and it's difficult. And I think schedule is going to be an important part of this season more so than past seasons. Uh, you know, they've released both their 2019 starting quarterbacks. I don't think the Sears is a good fit scheme-wise. I just have a ton of questions about this roster, the staff, the turmoil, throw in the schedule, and then most importantly, throw in my projection. Uh, I'm going Jets under six and a half. I'm so mad that you picked that, that you picked the Jets under because I wanted the Jets under so bad. <laughs> the Jets under, that's easy money. First of all, one of the best things, the best predictors of team success, one of the most heavily weighted things in power ratings and all these different things that we use to come up with these win totals and projections and whatnot. 
is quarterback play, quarterback efficiency. And Sam Darnold has not been good. And that's not a good sign. Most quarterbacks in this league that, be, that are good were good from the start. I mean, think, think about the teams that even if maybe you have them, you're kind of leaning one way or another, you give them the benefit of the doubt because of their quarterback. Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, he was good immediately. Mahomes was good immediately. Uh, you know, Andrew Luck was good immediately when he was with the Colts. Like these quarterback, young quarterbacks should be good. When they're not, when they're just merely, you know, competent enough to retain the starting job because a team invested a high draft pick on them, that's the best time to bet against them. Those are, that's why, you know, Drew Luck, what has he done? Nothing. Sam Darnold, what has he done? Nothing. Maybe you say, okay, he can be a competent starter, but there are a lot of good starting quarterbacks in this league. Sam Darnold is not one of them. And so it's going to be hard for the Jets to win even seven games. They're going against the Bills, really good defense twice a year. You're going against the Patriots, regardless of who's the starting quarterback, excellent defense twice a year. And the Dolphins should be improved. That's not a gimme to, to, win, to win games against the Dolphins. So the Jets, to me, are the worst team in that division. They're one of the worst teams in the league. And it's because uh, Sam Darnold, and whether it's because of the lack of weapons or just because Sam Darnold is not very good and hasn't quite lived up to expectations, any way you look at it, it's, it's not a good situation in New York. And I totally agree with you. They were extremely lucky to finish with that, with that record of 7-9. and nine. I mean, we did, I, I'm pretty sure we did bet on them a couple of times, so it worked out for us. But I don't think that that's a irrepeatable thing. So I love that pick, and I'm really upset, actually, that you, that you stole it. People will say, well, look, look at their defense last year. And I get that you're probably going to have Mosley and Williamson back. They finished, what, I think seventh overall in defense despite all their injuries. But the schedule, their past defense schedule was a joke. I mean, the quarterbacks that they faced, an absolute joke. Uh, I'm not buying, you know, a corner, their cornerback group. And then on the other side, offensive line, it's all new. It's basically completely new starters or moved around in all new positions. That's not great in a year like this. Um, and three West Coast trips, like I said before. So I'm, I'm with you uh, on uh, fading gaze. Yeah, and we'll have a special edition of Coach's Pep Talk dedicated to Adam Gase in just a moment. But let's wrap it up with my final pick. And for this one, I'm not sure this is going to be too popular, but I'm going Indianapolis Colts under nine wins. And the reasoning for that is because when I look at the market and a lot of times the way when you're betting – uh, it's not just about evaluating the team. It's about evaluating the market and how the market's kind of valuing the team. That's why we tend to see a lot of value on unders and a lot of value on underdogs during the season because the betting market tends to bet overs. They tend to get, you know, buy into the hype with certain teams. And the Colts, to me, are a hype team. And if you look at the other teams in the division, Houston Texans, their win total seven and a half, even though they've won uh, nine or more games every year with Bill O'Brien except one, the year when – Deshaun Watson went down and, and the defense, everyone got injured. So I think the Texans are being undervalued a little bit. People are overrating the DeAndre Hopkins, the loss of Hopkins. I think the, the Tennessee Titans, they've won nine games in three straight years and their win totals eight and a half. I think they're being undervalued a little bit. And then you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're projected by the, the Vegas sports books to be the worst team in the league. Their win total is four and a half. And so all of these things have kind of conspired to give the Colts, uh, I think, an easy projected schedule. But in my opinion, the Colts are an average team. And you look up and down the AFC, and the Colts, to me, are not right there with, like, the Steelers, for example, who also have a win total uh, of nine. They are, you know, they're, they're not 
tangibly better than a team like the Cleveland Browns, especially with the Browns getting what I think is a, a, a better coaching staff in place. So I don't, I don't see how the, the market is valuing the Colts so highly with, and all these other teams so lowly within a division. But I think that's what's creating value on this under. So love the under nine for Indianapolis. This is an eight and eight team that in some years, yeah, they'll go 10 and six, 11 and five, maybe. But most of the time, I think this is a team that's going to be in that six to eight win range. And Philip Rivers, that's another reason I think people are buying in to the hype with the Colts a little bit. And I, I got a lot of respect for Frank Reich, first of all, you know, the head coach, I think he's a very good coach, but Philip Rivers, I think, is being overrated. I think he adds about a, a, a couple points to the spread over Brissett. But at the end of the day, you look at Philip Rivers, three of the last five years, uh, he hasn't won more than five games. His team hasn't won more than five games. So Philip Rivers, yes, he had a 12-4 season in 2018, 9-7 in 2017, but 4-12 in 2015, 5-11 in 2016, uh, and 5-11 last year. Philip Rivers isn't necessarily going to change the team. You know, this is still kind of a middling team. Rivers has been near the top of the league in interceptions for pretty much the last decade now. 20 last year. He is going on 30. He's, you know, 39 this year. I just don't see it uh, how the Colts have such a huge edge on the other teams in this division. I think the Titans are probably the, the best team in the division. I think the Texans are being severely underrated as well. I can't get to the over on the Colts. I actually project them. Their runners nine to 9.1 a lot of that has to do with their schedule and people that look at last year's records don't, I mean you can't do that I mean because there's a lot of luck and injuries you have to saying like all right based on last year's record I mean this is based on my projections this year I have them as the easiest schedule by far in the AFC it helps to play the Jaguars twice you know it also helps to play you know at the Lions at the Raiders non-division road games you know you're playing at the Bears you're playing the the Jets at home, the Bengals at home, you know, the Packers at home. These aren't the Vikings at home. Their schedule is very, very favorable. There's a lot of things I do like about this team. I love the staff. I love the offensive line. You know, Rivers is probably going from a bottom three offensive line in the NFL to a top three offensive line. How good is Rivers still, though? That is the question. Was it a lot on the offensive line? His arm is obviously not there anymore. But this is a run-heavy offense. So, I mean, if Rivers has something to give, I think the offense has potential as long as, you know, Hilton can stay on the field and help stretch the field. That's huge for their offense. But they're obviously going to be successful running the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, you get Darius Leonard back. I think they have a solid linebacking core. I think the addition of Buckner in the middle is really going to help. I do hate the road signing. I mean, you, you heard me last year. I said he's washed. This is a zone-heavy defense, so maybe he can be a little more productive. Solid safety duo but just not, I mean, not a huge fan of their corners, which is obviously huge in the NFL. So a lot of it's going to come down to what does Rivers have left? What do you think, 20 picks last year? And how much will he benefit from a really good running game and a really good offensive line? The other thing that I'll mention is they were five and six in one possession games last year. They really should have been like eight and three. I mean, how many games did Vinatieri cost them? I mean, Vinatieri alone, subtracting him off of the team. If you put you in there as the kicker, they win two more games. So you know, you're probably going to have Chase McLaughlin or Blankenship out of Georgia be their kicker. Getting rid of Vinatieri was the best move that they did all offseason, just upgrade their kicker. Their kicker could be me, kicking left-footed and be better than what Vinatieri did for them last year. He had, I don't know, the, the highest negative values last year, and he's a kicker. But it was amazing, some of the, the games that he lost for them. The Steelers game in particular sticks out. So I have a 9.1. I can't get there. 
mainly just because of the schedule. But if you doubt Rivers, it's probably going under. And it's, I mean, it could be a tough division. Go back to what you said at the top of the show. There are two elite teams in the AFC. That's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. And you said it. There's all of these teams that are kind of in the middle. To me, the way as a better that you make money is, is betting against the hype of those teams in the middle. You know, those teams in the middle are the Broncos. Those teams in the middle are the Colts. I'm saying there's a scenario maybe, you know, 30, 40% of the time where the Colts have a really good year. And there's this, but I just think if you look at what are they more likely to do? Are they more likely to go 10 and six or eight and eight? To me, that's eight and eight. To me, the Colts can lose a game to the Jaguars. They can lose a game to any of those teams you mentioned. Like this is not a team that you're, you're looking at and saying they're, they're guaranteed to, to go in and beat you. I just don't think that the Colts are in the same class as the Steelers. I don't think they're near the top of the AFC. I think it's literally that we're looking at the strength of schedule too much. I think it's the Jaguars by themselves are given all these easy strength of schedules, like giving a boost to them because the Jaguars win total is four and a half. So let's say the Colts blow one against the Jaguars. There, there goes your value right there. So to me, that's how you make money on these win totals is you bet against the, the hype of these kind of teams that you're like, I could see it. They are pretty good on paper. Like I can't necessarily, you know, say that they're that bad. Like those are the perfect teams that I think you bet against. If Rivers is on the downhill and it looks like it is. I mean, then this isn't all, this isn't going to work. All right. So that does it for our six pack and longtime listeners will know that during the season, we always do a coach's pep talk segment and we're bringing it back even for the, season preview pod. So this coach's pep talk is from the 2000 film, Bring It On, and it's dedicated to none other than Adam Gase. What are you doing? You're wrecking everything I built. This season should have been gravy, okay? I was a real leader, okay? I did what I had to do, then ever since I handed the reins over to you, you've run my squad straight into the ground. All right, there you have it. Our coach's pep talk in... That one was pretty funny because you listen to the clip stuck and immediately within, I would say, a millisecond of listening to the clip, you're like, Adam Gase. That's it. It's Adam Gase. Right so, away. Jets under. I'm, so, I'm still mad you took that from me. But let's get into our mailbag segment because we got a, a lot of good questions on Twitter and want to kind of use this to talk through some of the teams that we didn't mention in the, the six pack, kind of like we do with our best of the rest segment uh, during the year. So Let's start with a question from B. Cotman2325 on Twitter. He asks, better shot to win the division, the Texans or the Steelers? And the Steelers, as I mentioned, have a win total of nine. The Texans are at seven and a half. So what are your thoughts on who has a better shot to win their respective division? That's a really good question. But I would, I would go with – I would end up going with the Texans for this reason – only and that's because in both divisions you have a clear bottom feeder right so you have the Bengals and you have the Jaguars and then you have three teams in each that you could argue will make the playoffs right you could find an argument for all six of the other teams the Texans the Colts the Titans the Ravens the Steelers the Browns you could make an argument that all of them are going to make the playoffs the differentiating factor is that I think that the the Ravens are the best clearly of any team in either one of those divisions. And the second best team is the Steelers. And I'm looking at my numbers here. I basically have the Browns the same as the Colts. Yeah, and the Titans are right there. I mean, they're all close. But I think the Ravens being clearly that elite and just the cream of the crop in the AFC, I'd, I'd say the Texans. 
Um, and you can make an argument that the Steelers, Browns, and Ravens, all three of those teams are better than those other three teams in the AFC South. Yeah, I agree. It's wide open. You have to go with the Texans because that division is wide open. There are a lot of slightly above average teams. And uh, you look at the, the value on the Texans, they're sitting here at plus 250 to uh, plus 350, excuse me. So, you know, to win the AFC South, whereas the Colts are at plus 110, the, the Titans are at plus 180. So you're clearly getting uh, value there. And then the Steelers are also at plus 350, but you have the Ravens as the clear-cut favorite at minus 225. So just from that perspective, you look at who's out in front in the division. That, that gives you a good, I think, perspective on how likely there is for a, a, an upset. You said it perfectly. It's just, it's just all those teams are close and in the AFC South. We don't know which one is ultimately going to come, come out on top. But I, again, the Texans have won nine or more games in all but one of Bill O'Brien's season. So got to go with them. I think the way to bet this for me is taking a higher upside bet. Take them to win the AFC, you know, without Brady and Belichick in their way. Take them for a Super Bowl future, maybe. Uh, they are 12 to 1 to win the AFC. They're, you know, 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Something like that. It could all come together for the Steelers. They have a really good defense. Ben Roethlisberger's back. That changes a lot because they had a horrid quarterback play a year ago. But they're still further behind the Ravens than the Texans are behind any, any of those teams in the AFC South. All right. And before we continue, We're asking you guys, our beloved listeners, to head to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and write a quick review. It only takes about 30 seconds. And if you're not sure how to do it, it's easy. If you're listening on an iPhone, you can go to Apple Podcasts, tap the Action Network podcast tile, and scroll all the way down to the episodes list. There at the bottom, you will see ratings and review. You mentioned how incredibly smart and charming I always am and Stucky sometimes is. And you give us five stars. We really appreciate it. Let's keep it moving. Eric underscore Corey on Twitter asks us for a parlay of division winners. So a lot of division winner questions here. I think those are interesting because bets that are less likely in the event of something unforeseen happening, maybe the season gets shortened to 14 games. Uh, These bets will still stand regardless. You won't have to rebet them. So uh, they are interesting. I'm going to say Buffalo plus 150 parlayed with Tennessee plus 180. I think Buffalo is, in my opinion, the best team in the AFC East with Brady now being in Tampa Bay and not on New England. Not sure exactly what to expect out of Cam Newton. Not even 100% sure he was brought in to be the starter given that they waited till early July to sign him. You, The Patriots don't seem like the team that's just going to bring a guy in to start after the whole, you know, meeting process and all the Zoom meetings and all that have been, uh, you know, kind of gotten underway for a couple of months. So that is a question mark for me with the Patriots. I think their defense is great, but the Bills have a very strong defense. I love what Sean McDermott is is doing in Buffalo and has done. Remember, he dragged that that team to the playoffs a couple of years ago when they had no business being in the playoffs. So I think the Buffalo Bills are actually the best team in the AFC East, the most well-rounded team. I think Stephon Diggs helps a lot. Josh Allen was, I believe it was three for 21, targeting wide receivers not named John Brown deep last year. Stephon Diggs led the league in deep yardage, deep touchdowns, all that good stuff. So I think it's going to make a big difference on their offense. I think that's the best team. And then Tennessee, they keep doing it year after year. They keep exceeding expectations. Again, I think we're a little too high on the Colts. The formula is intact for the Titans to continue doing what they do, which is Derrick Henry, play action, 
Uh, I think very solid defense, great game planning team, you know, great game plan in the playoffs to, you know, upset the, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. So this is a team that I think will surprise people. So going with the Bills and Titans uh, parlay to win the division, curious to hear your thoughts on that stuff. I love the Bills. Um, they fit a lot of the criteria we've been talking about. I've been saying the staff that I like, love the staff. Almost the entire team is intact, right? They rebuilt their offensive line last year, which was a weakness outside of Morse, but they rebuilt it last year. It was a disaster the year before. That should pay dividends this year. All five starters are returning. That's big. And like you said, they had digs. The offense should be more dynamic. Josh Allen obviously still has to get more accurate. You'd think he would take another step in that direction. But it's a, it's a heavy run-based team. The defense is excellent. They're great against the pass. Uh, they had Addison and Jefferson, which help, should help them get pressure, which is a semi-weak point last year. They really excel at taking away the deep, the deep pass and the big play. Their linebackers are a little weak against the run, but, I mean, we're nitpicking here. So their special teams were much improved last year. A lot of returning production. Love the staff. So I do love uh, the Bills, and especially because I'm lower on the Patriots in the market. In regards to the Titans, I mean, that division is very tough for me. Um, I have the Titans projected at 9.1. I have the Colts projected at 9.1. You know, the Texans – not a fan of the staff, but they still have Deshaun Watson. I'm not a fan of their offseason moves like everybody. And I have them lower around like seven and a half, between seven and a half and eight, I think. Look, if you want to go with the Titans, and I think I can't fault you, but I, I just I think that's a, a complete toss-up between the Titans and the Colts, and it'll just come down to the wire. So I don't disagree with either of those two. If you make this bet with the Bills plus 150 and the Titans plus 180, a 100-hour bet, pays out at six to one. So if you bet 100, you get 700 back. If you swapped in the Texans for the Titans, you'd be betting uh, a parlay with the Bills plus 150, Texans plus 350. That would then pay out $1,025. So $100 bet uh, would get you 1125 back. So uh, you pick your, pick your kind of bet of choice if you want to go for the longer shot. I don't think it's ever wrong to bet against Deshaun Watson as well. But I think when you're looking for a parlay, even if you're looking to maybe parlay uh, a favorite, like the Chiefs, for example, with uh, a longer shot underdog, I think you want to look in the AFC South for that value because you're getting good odds on pretty much everybody uh, on the other two teams that aren't the Colts in, in terms of teams that have a good chance of winning that division in the Titans and the Texans. So um, if you want some value on the Chiefs who are minus 455, you're never going to bet that straight up even though I think it's pretty close to a lock that they win that division, it's a great parlay pick to add in with a team like the Titans or the Texans. The Vegas models are obviously very sophisticated. And to beat Vegas and beat their models with our own, I think one of the most important things is to understand which teams get an added edge in terms of their coaching staff. And you kind of alluded to this earlier, Stuck. I think the Bills are in that category. I think the Titans are also in that category, consistently beating expectations. And with the type of players that they did with Ryan Tannehill kind of coming out of nowhere and becoming a completely different quarterback, they are just maximizing what they're able to do. They had no business beating the Baltimore Ravens in that playoff game, but they came with an excellent game plan and they frustrated Lamar Jackson and they took away uh, you know, what he wanted to do as a thrower and they made him uncomfortable even when he did run the football. So 
they get a boost from their coaching staff. And the Patriots for all these years have gotten that same kind of boost where we've seen them cover as favorites at rates you just don't see in sports because the books are always going to shade the line toward the favorite because everyone likes to bet favorites. So uh, these coaching staffs in certain spots, a lot of times when you hear me make a pick and it, it sounds like you too stuck, it seems like that is the dif- differentiating factor in a league where everyone's kind of projected pretty tight. This is the team I'm going with. Yeah, that's where a lot of my edge in the NFL comes from. And it's a very efficient market. But, you know, there's situational spots and and things of that nature, you know, to factor in as well. But, yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, if you want to make a case for the Texans and their defense, this is why it's such an interesting division. They have a new defensive coordinator, Anthony Weaver. They're going to go to a new scheme. They All they did last year, I think Romeo Cornell's still on the step, but they would just drop – third and longs, they were so bad. They wouldn't blitz. They were dropping back. They were dropping back into these zones. It was just a very pass – and. You, but they had, their corners stunk. Like, you have to scheme, and they still stink. I mean, I, I, they had some good cuts. I mean, getting rid of Hargreaves and, and Joseph. But, I mean, their corners still aren't good. They need to get more pressure. That has to be schemed. They have to change that whole defensive scheme to make up for. So, maybe Anthony Weaver comes in here as an XD line coach. It proves, you know, you have Black Clock coming in. Get some development there. And then he schemes this defense to be more productive because the defense was just, I mean, off. They couldn't get off the field. You know, the offensive line has questions, but you have Deshaun Watson to make up for some of that. Then they could take that next step with an elite quarterback. And let's kind of go to the opposite end, because I think when people bet unders a lot of the times, they start with what look like the worst teams in the league. Jacksonville is a team that we've kind of been talking about a lot because I think we, you know, for different reasons, Jacksonville kind of throws off every team in terms of their strength of schedule because Jacksonville just projected so poorly they're projected for four and a half wins sounds like you have them uh, pretty low in your in your numbers as well do you bet the the under for a team like Jacksonville are they bad enough because truck one two two three on Twitter asks are the Jags really that bad to consider betting under four and a half it all comes down to where you project them um, ultimately and, and the differential. I mean, I have them projected for right at four wins and their over under is four and a half. It's not enough of an edge for me to bet. I mean, it's a tough division. It, last year, they were a bottom three offense, a bottom three defense for my number and a bottom three special teams as bad as you can get. And this is a team that was what four points away from the Super Bowl two years ago in 2018. They traded Calais Campbell. You know, they released Darius. They traded Ramsey. They traded their their cornerback duo, which is one of the strengths of this team. You know, they're, I think that they're – and Ngakwe, is he not going to play? Is Talbot Smith still retired? I mean, there's just the, – the, the team's a mess. Now, there's a new offensive coordinator in Jay Gruden. What is he going to do? They're, I mean, they're basically rebuilding an aging and declining defense. I mean, they, who is their, their – I mean, you have Josh Allen, Miles Jack are kind of your centerpieces of that defense now. You know, and you hope C.J. Henderson can come in and be uh, a productive cornerback right away because you're going to need him. They have drafted, you know, Chase on, a linebacker. It's a rebuilding team in a division with three teams that could potentially go to the playoffs. I think that they're going to use more three, four looks on defense, which maybe could help. What can Jay Gruden do? I, I don't know. It's hard for me to find upside with this team. I would play under or nothing to answer the question. Probably close to as bad as the market projects. I'm staying away from the Jags, but it's under or nothing. Yeah, it's not one that I would recommend necessarily going and betting because, because again, when you're trying to find value and really stay ahead of the market and beat the market, like there's a few unders that everyone's going to look to. I think the Dolphins last year, and they didn't end up going under, did they? They won against the Pats to go over. 
yeah. horrific beat. And, and the so uh, the obvious ones are probably the ones I'd say stay away from the most just because it doesn't take much for even a bad team to stumble into five wins and go five and 11. And case in point, the Jaguars essentially quit down the stretch last season. I mean, if you watch them play, it was inexplicable the effort that they were given. It was inexplicable the way they were losing games and getting blown out. And they still went six and 10. Their Pythagorean win total was 5.4. So are they in line for some regression? Probably, but Doug Marone's worst season was five and 11 with the Jags. He has never lost fewer than five games. Maybe this year's the first, but it just kind of shows, you know, even when the Jags in 2018, Blake Bortles started struggling tremendously. They still didn't go under four and a half. So it's just really tough because you could have a situation where there's a meaningless week 17 game. There's just a lot of different scenarios that could play out that could impact a team. And you you have such little margin for error. That's why my favorite bets are always the ones where it's those teams that most people can probably make a better positive case than a negative case that are at the end of the day, just kind of average teams like the Broncos and the Colts and, and the Jets and all those teams. So there's a few teams that we didn't really get to. Uh, let's do a little modified best of the rest segment here. And we have the Miami Dolphins. Their win total is six and a half. We have the Cleveland Browns at eight and a half. The Los Angeles Chargers at seven and a half. And the Vegas Raiders at seven. None of those really stands out to me as a great value either way. But uh, any thoughts on any of those, stuff? I mean, the Dolphins I've projected right where they're at. Uh, 5.8, but I love what they're doing down there. And they had the most cap space in the NFL. I mean, it's amazing that they, what, they finished five and four last year with that roster. I mean, it was basically a practice squad roster. I love what they're doing down there. Uh, I love some of the draft picks. I love the additions of Van Noy and Jack Lawson. It'll help their pass rush. I love their corners now. They're going to be a very man-heavy team. But, you know, can Tua come in and give them a spark? I I don't know. I I really like what they're building, but I'm at right at 5.8, so no value there. Yeah, with the Raiders, they're an interesting team. The offense, I love the offensive line. Or you could argue it's the best offensive line in football. You know, they have a great running back. They have, you know, some talent at receiver. I hate their defense. That is what basically what this comes down to. Gunther has to go. I mean, just a horrible, horrible defensive coordinator. I don't know why they keep him. And just the scheme is way too much zone. They don't blitz at all. They're the first team in NFL history of no sacks from any linebacker or defensive back in a season. I mean, the scheme is just awful. You know, they're an intriguing team in that division uh, if things work out. I mean, if their defense gets better. But what keeps me away from them, and I, I don't see any value in the win total, what keeps away from them is their, is their schedule is brutal. Uh, it's one of the hardest in the NFL per my numbers. You start at Carolina, so you hopefully to win that game because then it's Saints, then at the Pats on a short week, and then home against the Bills, and then at the Chiefs. I mean, and then you get a buy, and then your Bucks at the Browns. When you're talking, you could potentially start one in five, and it could go downhill from there. By the way, the coaching needs to get better in, in, with the Raiders, uh, the Vegas Raiders. Now, they had 17 third-quarter points all season last year. I mean, where are the adjustments? So, but no value there. Um, yeah, Chargers are, are interesting because their defense is going to get healthy. They were really unlucky last year. Can their offensive line be better with the additions? They're older, but with Bulaga and, and Thomas, can their offensive line be better? It's been so bad. There's still questions about it, but their defense should be really good. This is everyone's Super Bowl sweetheart just a year or two ago. But what are you going to get at quarterback? When is Herbert going to come in? Uh, Tyrod Taylor is not going to turn the ball over. 
which Rivers did last year. But they're going to be really conservative. I think an under team early. Uh, I don't see any value in the win total. And the last is the Browns. Everyone loved the Browns last year. They're one of the darlings, and then they don't live up to expectations. So I think that they might have some value this year. The problem is they're in a tough, tough division. Um, I don't see any value in the win total, even though I'm a little higher than the market on the Browns. But I think that they're a high upside team. I think the way you invest in them is a potential Super Bowl future, 33, 35 to 1, because if it does work out, and you have that additional playoff team, which could benefit a Cleveland or a Pittsburgh, you know, if Baker Mayfield could take the next step in this new offense, they're going to use a lot more two tight end sets. I think it's going to fit, and their, and their tackles work out. That's big. They address the tackle position. Will it work out? Remains to be seen. But if the offense works out, the defense has potential. I love the coaching changes. I think that's going to be I – I hate the coaching changes for a lot of teams this year, but this is one of the exceptions where I think it's just a huge upgrade in coaching. So I think it's a high upside team. No value in the win total. But if you want to take a shot for a Super Bowl future, uh, I think the Browns are an intriguing team. I have a, a small bet on them myself. Yeah, I think all four of those, if I'm betting, I'm going under. And I totally agree on the Browns because you look at the quarterback, and I think Baker Mayfield of – those four teams, you know, you have Fitzpatrick and Tua. Uh, you know, Tua, I think, eventually will probably have that, that same upside. But right now, in terms of guys that we've already seen it from, Baker Mayfield is the one I think that sticks out uh, with some clear upside. So, uh, in general, again, the books are going to inflate these t- win totals. I think all of those that we just mentioned uh, are off by at least a, a half a win toward the over. So, would invest in the under – I'm looking for any of those, but uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Hope you enjoyed this episode. First one back of the season of the Action Network NFL betting podcast. Be sure to follow Stucky on Twitter and on the Action Network app at Stucky2. You can find me at both places at Chris Raybon. And be sure to check out our content at actionnetwork.com and listen and download this podcast from Spotify. Leave us rating and reviews and all that good stuff. Good luck. And until next week, let's get this money. Cheers. We're finished talking.